Welcome to another episode of Traveling to Consciousness. I'm your host, Clay Kateri. In this episode, it's just going to be me. I recently came across a thing that I wrote, um, it might have been a year or two ago, about the structure of reality. And quite frankly, I think it pertains to consciousness specifically. Now, what I want to highlight here is, and I want to set the frame here of this uh, this thought that I've had or this rant. So I was at a concert in San Diego. I was at Petco Park and I was noticing the stadium. I was kind of looking around it. And yes, when drugs were involved, whenever I kind of came to this realization and I was looking around the park and I started thinking about the idea of the center. Where's the center of the park? Now, you know, if you have a circle and you say the center is where it is, it's a two-dimensional figure. So you say, okay, this is the center, right? The center of the circle is, you know, where the even distribution of space between the outer ridges of the circle and the center of the circle. Now that's for a two-dimensional figure. So that's pretty easy. But what happens if you scale that to a three-dimensional or higher? Now, what occurs is, is you still are operating under that same premise, right? So if you say like, where's the center of the um, stadium, you could in a two dimensional figure, look around the edges of the stadium and find a certain point. And this would be your two dimensional center. Now, if you go to the three dimensional center, the question becomes is like, does this become like the center of mass or you know, are you going to even out the distribution of the height of each element? Because now this is going to shift where the center is. And so what this made me realize is that there are multiple centers to things. Multiple centers exist for every object in existence. In existence. You know, whether it's the center of mass, whether it is the center of its perimeter, there are multiple centers for everything that exists. And this kind of just sent off a spike of thought and rationale. And so with this being our pre-frame, I'm going to get into and read uh, essentially this like four page, um, you know, (laughs) consciousness manifesto that I wrote maybe a year ago, um, at least a year ago. Now, if for some reason I want to add something to it or I don't really agree with it, I'll interject myself and let you know when I'm reading versus not reading. Uh, let me know if you're interested in, in uh, getting your hands on this. I could always, uh, you know, send it to you, type it up or something. All right, so let's get into it. The title of it is Structure of Reality. So your brain is like a house. The different rooms represent the different areas in your brain. In some rooms, you store memories, in others, you make decisions, and etc. Now, inside the house are people. These people are a metaphorical representation of neurons. They move from room to room, taking notes, recording thoughts, and making decisions. Now, this house is filled with air, right? As all houses are. The air is essentially your consciousness. The air is the, quote, let your conscious be your guide. It's the little voice you hear when you do something you know you shouldn't. This is the air that people are breathing in inside your house. 
the air that your neurons are taking in inside your brain. Now note, yes, I understand food and water are important for neurons to fire, but for the sake of the this explanation, we're just gonna we're just gonna exclude that. We're trying to bridge the gap between the conscious and subconscious here. The next thing you need to realize is that people don't have ideas. Ideas have people. I believe uh, it was Carl Jung who came up with this theory, and it's the idea. And this idea is helpful in explaining how humans can become so obsessed with an idea that thousands can act it out and it will end up killing millions. And this, you don't have to look any further than the 20th century governments, things like uh, Hitler's Germany, Mao's China, uh, Stalin's Russia, you know, one idea possessed these people and they all carried it out thinking that it would create heaven on earth. And quite frankly, it created hell. And so I just want to highlight that we've seen millions die at the hands of these radical ideologues. Now, note, this is a complex idea, but if at this point you're a little confused, let's take a step back and reread that or re-listen to that or do research on that quote. And the quote was, is that people don't have ideas, ideas have people. All right, now let's get back to the air. So the air in your house is your consciousness. It's always moving, always there for, always moving, always there to utilize when you need to. However, like technology, your consciousness needs updating. The people need fresh air in your house. So where does this air come from? Let's travel to the basement of your house. In the basement of your house, usually near like your washer or dryer, you know, there's like that drain kind of in the bottom of the floor. In the real world, that is. This drain is kind of used to prevent overflow of your washer and, you know, breaks down the water. Um, but in this metaphor, this drain is a passageway to your now I wrote here your subconscious, but in reality, I believe it is more your collective, our collective consciousness. So this drain is essentially the collective consciousness. And unlike in the real world, this, dry, this drain provides the air to come up into the house where the people transform it into their own personal representation of the world and use it to manipulate reality. So for example, say we're meditating. When we meditate, this is our attempt to bring as many people in our house as we can to the basement, to look at this drain, to examine the essence of who we are. And whenever we bring them down to the basement, they're there to receive the purest form of collective consciousness that this air has to offer for us. Now, Maybe I will update this because I do have a picture right here kind of showing a figure if you're lost. So I'll work on finding where this exists and providing it in the details if I can find a uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a link in the description. But so let's keep going. Now as humans, we all have these brains. Some have faster people, maybe a different uh, 
sized pipe in the basement. Maybe the rooms are different um, sizes. Maybe the foundation's different. And this analogy is to kind of elaborate on how we're all unique in our own ways and have our own specialties and limitations that others don't. And it's just what makes us unique. But we all have that pipe in the bottom of our foundation. We all have a connection to the collective consciousness. And now I picture it in a certain way where if you use the world as a representation, the idea would be is that the collective consciousness exists at the center of the world. And this gas is then leaking up into all of our individual houses for us to use and transform the world around us to be able to create the reality that we want to create. And this is kind of how we then turn the collective consciousness, shape it from our own consciousness, and then manifest it into the real world. So the outside would be like this three-dimensional world that we're living in. Now, this is important to note because we are deeply interconnected with everyone in this world. If you go and search it, there's a uh, probably a YouTube or a Wikipedia page that is the six degrees of separation. And in short, what this highlights is that we are all connected by six people or less. Uh, this is important to note. I mean, it's not gravely important to note. This isn't gravely important to note, but it is an interesting concept to explore because this highlights how we affect everyone and are affected by different things. Essentially, if you wanted to get a note to anybody in the world, you could give it to someone you thought was close to that person. And within six people, you'd be able to get it to anybody in the world. Now, I believe religion and the initial purpose of religion, I know it's changed and been warped, but the initial purpose of it was for us to come together and discuss the idea of the collective consciousness and figure out how we can transform our collective consciousness into the correct mode of being or reality that is the most beneficial for you, for me, for everyone else that we interact with in our life. And again, I know religion has its issues, but this is the, or at least part of the utility of religion or reason that humans decided that religion needed to be created in the first place. And to give the devil his due, one of the problems uh, is that once religion is identified and manifested into the real world, it becomes a structure, kind of like our houses, a structure like our brain or like government, or like relationships or an organization, which needs two key things. It needs order and the ability to update. And this is one of the beauties of the United States Constitution is because it has that fundamental structure but we still have the ability to update it and to right our wrongs and to correct things that we believe are incorrect. So the only way all of this works is if we have open and honest and empathetic discussions about the core fundamental structures of our reality. And when I say structures of reality, I'm talking about everything from government to politics, to religion, to um, your interfamily dynamics, to relationships, all of these. 
all of these need an open, honest, and empathetic discussion for them to be the best thing that they possibly can be in reality. It's why free speech is the First Amendment. Why are was so genius that these founding fathers said the most important bedrock of society is if we can speak open and honestly about the issues that we have at hand. And something that's fascinating is that if you go back to the 20th century bloodbaths, one of the cumulative or what do I have here? Com commutative. One of the similarities between all of this was the absence of free speech in every single government that you saw, this was taken out. This was something people were afraid of, whether you had the secret police in um, all these different government regimes. And the point was, is that you can no longer be open and honest, even with your family. There was punishment. If you were talking poorly about the government, you had to get taken away. So removing this free speech was one of the key important tools that transcended human reality down to this place of hell. So <laughs> maybe at this point, uh, I'm off on a little bit of a tangent, but I believe it's uh, vital to understand uh, that I believe and I'm going to, but I believe it's vital to understand this such that we and everyone is able to fully manifest the fullest potential of their subconscious for the betterment of society, for the transposition of us to being and having open and, and honest dialogue. Because as we said before, I can't do it myself. <laughs> I can only be as open and honest as possible and hope that everyone else is open and honest as well. Now, here I try to define good, and I'll just read what I have written here. Um, I, I write that I want us to fully manifest our potential of our collective consciousness for good. Now, good is always a very difficult word to kind of um, describe because it's different for everybody. And without going into too much detail, whenever I say good... I'm saying that it is in the betterment of every single person involved in the system so that say when we die, that it's better for the kids, it's better for their kids and down the line. Now that's kind of a little bit of a difficult uh, conversation to pursue, but I just want to leave that as is. Um, now another aspect of this, I, I now start getting into death and uh, I believe another part that I believe is when we die, we return to that collective conscious energy. However, this is a very difficult, this is very difficult to articulate. And I'm still thinking of how it's provable. Maybe free speech leads a way to it, but there's that's for another time. And that's kind of how I sign off with that writing. And so that's kind of my consciousness rant of how I took drugs one time and tried to distill the whole conscious nature of reality. So I think that's probably a pretty fitting episode to have. Let me know what you guys think of that. Tell me if something kind of clicks with you, something 
rattles or makes sense. Um, promoting myself, uh, you know, I hope you guys subscribe. You like this. I dropped down below. If you check out, um, a free course for healing and transcending, it's going to be free until February. I want to give this out to people. I just want people to use it <laughs> and I just know that it's going to help, uh, humanity progress in a certain way. So please go check it out. Hope that you guys do that. Uh, we have more people coming on next week. I've got some, uh, pretty cool interviews lined up. So let's see, let's see what we're able to pull off here. Um, might be a little difficult over the holidays. So stick with me if I fall off the consistency a little bit, but we'll be back. We'll be back and we'll, uh, we'll get some more consciousness, uh, conversations going. Now I'm just rambling over the top. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, shoot me a message. Please leave a review. If you're on Apple, that stuff helps a lot. Um, other than that, I appreciate you conscious monkeys for listening and I will see you in the next episode.